0: ready this is how we're gonna start this show you ready Mm -hmm. uh you went to wrestlemania in detroit right what what number was that 23
1: 24 23 yes
0: and who did you go with
1: (laughs) i went with a very loving member of my family also known as mom
0: All right, Geeks, what's up? It's Bruder 1.0 and I'm here with Harrison Beebe. Uh We're going to talk Survivor Series. We're going to break down our top five elimination matches. And I just got him to admit that he went with his mother to WrestleMania. Harrison, how's it going, man?
1: You got to do what you got to do. And, and at that era, I was still a closet wrestling fan. But mom, mom winning mom of the year, mom of the century uh, pulled through. I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right. And I, you know what? Props to your mother. Because that's amazing that she did that for you. I remember...
1: Well, my, dad, my dad took me to Survivor Series back in the day, but he openly ripped on it the whole time. So there was no way I was inviting dad to wrestle me.
0: <laughs> Props to dad, though, for even taking you. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, my mom took me to the Pokemon movie and sat through that whole freaking thing with me. And I know she just wanted to, like, blow her brains out because that is not... That's not entertaining for an adult. Are you it's kidding me? It's
1: not. But I I don't want to... You know, call what your mom did a a weak uh, contribution compared to my mom, but your mom took you to a two-hour movie probably across town. My mom drove downstate, picked me up from Michigan State, (laughs) picked me up from college to take me to Ford Field on Sunday night, and we went and hung out and had a wrestling adventure.
0: Wow. Props to Mama BB.
1: Uh, She got divorced. She doesn't go by BB anymore. (laughs) But we don't need to worry about that. We've got listeners that want to hear more relevant topics.
0: Ooh, I, yeah, I can't believe we're talking about this. All right, so uh, I think you messaged me on this one, and I think it's a great idea. Breaking down our top five elimination matches from Survivor Series, I have a feeling we're going to have very different lists. I, 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 our one and two might be similar, but uh, after that, I don't know. As I was making this list, I realized I didn't pick any like really old matches. Mine are all from like the 2000s, early 90s, yeah. late 90s and up.
1: The old ones are tough. Uh, the tag, the back of the day when they had the 10-on-10 10 10 tag match elimination tag. Right. That makes sense. Th- those were pretty uh, pretty distinguished matches and a lot of good work rate and good talent in those matches. But it really, as it holds up today, it's just the drama and the storytelling, it's not the same. So if you didn't grow up in the 80s, which respect to those of you who might have who are listening to this podcast um, – You and I didn't, we started watching in the nineties and two thousands. So we probably have a little more, you know, affiliation with the newer tag matches. So do you know how the elimination tag survivor series format was started?
0: Uh, I, I know Vince McMahon wanted it or something like that, but I don't know like any history now.
1: I think just based off my loose memory, which is probably more consistent than I even know. Uh, is they they wanted to do Hogan and Andre as a rematch from WrestleMania three, but they didn't want to do a straight rematch. So they put them in a tag to see how much money they would make. And they just made it an elimination dealie so that Andre could get the win and Hogan could be eliminated without looking bad.
0: Wasn't, didn't he like, uh, wasn't he counted out or something?
1: Yeah, I think that I think that's what happened. Yeah, that's... I own the first five Survivor Series on DVD, so I watched them a long time ago. I've yet to watch them on the network, but
0: I I need to watch a lot of old Survivor Series. I watched last year's uh, just to you know get myself in the groove. And man, that one pretty solid. Not bad. Yeah, you're
1: gonna, you're gonna put that women's tag in this top five countdown,
0: <laughs> and and the tag, uh, the tag team ten men and. Uh, Whatever other one they did, I don't remember. They, also, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I feel like they did every sort of elimination match that was possible last year. And this they year we crucial. get
1: one. No, we get two this year.
0: Oh, yeah, men and women. I can't count. Gee, they
1: credits? got rid of the tag team one. But when I watched the tag team one from last year, you realize, like, they had the Shining Stars, <laughs> and I know when he's Slater, you're like, eh, what do we, you know, how far down the barrel are we going to scrap? Like, they might as well have just promoted Gargano and Ciampa and uh, the the guys that get injured all the time, Dash oh, and Dawson. Volleyball. Yeah, <laughs> that's who they are to me now, the guys that get injured all the time.
0: I don't nope. remember the last time they've been on TV.
1: Yeah, well, I think they came out for one Raw in July, and then the other guy got hurt. <laughs> uh, it, it's rough. Before we go, a quick shout out to uh, Survivor Series 98, because they don't have any Survivor Series elimination matches on there, but uh, a show like that helped make me the wrestling fan I am today, with all the crazy swerves and storytelling with the that Deadly Games tournament they did, so...
0: Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. I know,
1: I just wanted to give a, you know, I, I wanted to tell people, if they're looking for elimination matches, they're also looking for a good show that they don't remember very well, that... That tournament was just, I don't know, it made, it made me the wrestling fan I am today. If, if they had given the belt to Kane that night instead of The Rock, who knows? Maybe I wouldn't be here.
0: <laughs> you're just just—you're just going your own way, right? You're, you're just doing your own thing. Well, I did just wake up, so. Just going off script. You got to hit some cup of coffee in the big time. Ooh, yeah.
1: Yeah, what is up with the New Day's new catchphrases?
0: I don't know. I don't get it. They're just like... Na- nothing and... Nothing.
1: is that kind of racist
0: i mean i don't know if they're mocking the old jamaican accent that uh, kofi had or what but it could be a little racist i don't know yeah
1: well we could delve into the 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 new card here real quick do you want to do that now or afterwards
0: no let's do it go ahead whatever or do you have the new card up do i have the new new card up
1: new day shield that's supposedly going to be a thing
0: oh i was man that ruins every like idea that I had for the show. Now I had a huge Shield thing. Uh, I was gonna write an article for it about the Ge- for the Geekiverse. And now it's just not worth it. What's the point?
1: You were gonna have them show up in the tag match and just beat up everybody.
0: I was gonna have the Shield wreak havoc the entire show. So they're gonna show up during the uh, AJ and Lesnar match, and they're gonna beat up Lesnar and let AJ win, and then that'll be a Roman Brock feud in the making. They were going to show up during the elimination match and beat up on SmackDown and like bombs Chain and prove that Raw is better, whatever. And then they're going to show up in. Uh, there was another match I had them showing up in. But yeah, they were just going to wreak havoc the whole time. Oh, probably Miz and uh, Corbin.
1: Yeah, yeah, you need some faces in there somewhere, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, but uh, apparently that's not going to happen. Uh, Shield and New Day.
1: And I get that it's kind of a dream match for some people, but I mean, let's be real here. When you put them on a pedestal. Is the Shield versus the New Day a competitive tag match?
0: <laughs> I well, th- what what is my reason for caring? Like,
1: because uh, they interrupted and cost them the tag titles.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, my tag titles. Nothing. You took
1: my red my red tag title coin straps.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense then.
1: Uh, yeah, you know with the way feuds are these days. I don't know. They kind of. They had a lot of momentum with the shield, but then the meningitis or whatever that Roman Reigns had really kind of derailed it a little.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, he's not going to come back. People are still going to not like him. I, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Well, they
1: like him when he's with Seth and Dean.
0: To some extent. I feel like they still boot him. Aside, after that first night, everyone was excited, and then they're like, ah, we're still going to boo Roman.
1: <laughs> know, we'll we'll find out shortly if that's... True. Still going to be the case. Okay. So, yeah, you and I are kind of so so on that match. Um, Ms. Corbin. Uh,
0: I'm, I, I like the match right now just because of the fact of all the trash talk they're doing on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, they
1: are, I haven't really looked at any of it. What's been the worst, uh, uh, insult thrown? Uh,
0: so Corbin called out Ms. and his wife. Um, and that's, you know, always, always draw some good heat. And then, uh, Miz said, don't ever talk about my wife. So then I think Corbin kind of insinuated that I will be your daddy, kind of like his unborn kid. I don't know. So basically
1: what Miz was doing to John Cena leading up to WrestleMania is what Corbin is doing to Miz now and making Miz all hot and bothered.
0: Yeah, yeah, good call, yeah.
1: Cool. (laughs) Where's Baron Corbin's girlfriend for a mixed tag when we need her?
0: Right. Oh, he doesn't have one.
1: So that's that match. The women's match. Uh, could we get Charlotte in there instead of Natalia this week? Because that would make that way more interesting for me.
0: Yeah, I uh, I could see... Well, the problem is there's no time to like build it up if they switch the belt. And I feel like they could easily make fun of Charlotte for any Ric Flair thing or... you know. Well, that,
1: that's why I wonder if they're going to push her in that spot. Because 30 for 30 just came out and... The Flair name is kind of a big deal right now. Yeah, I mean the way this company's booking, yeah, <laughs> every week seems to think that they're just making it up as they go.
0: It's all publicity at this point. Yeah, I could see, I could see that happening. I'll say Charlotte and Alexa Bliss. Yeah.
1: Um, the tag titles should be a good match, but it's two heel teams with Usos in the bar.
0: Uh, do do Dean and Seth get a rematch? Like the week, the next week, so they can. Sneak their way back in? I don't know.
1: They might, but I I don't feel like they'd switch that match back and forth like two times.
0: That's a lot of graphics they got to deal with. I yeah, I don't
1: yeah. think they're that crazy.
0: <laughs> uh, like yeah, like you said, good wrestling match for sure. Cesaro and Sheamus and the Usos that they'll will probably be a great match. Might be the match of the night, honestly.
1: Yeah, and I what before when the card was what it was, AA, aka Jinder in the main event, uh the the Shield. <laughs> Usos match was definitely the one I was most looking forward to, uh, outside of the potential of the men's elimination match. But uh, I don't know. Usos new day will be a good match. It just doesn't have that, you know, face heel dynamic to it that you sometimes need to really get invested.
0: Yeah, and I, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to picture Cesaro and Sheamus's faces, but they're not, and the Usos definitely are not either. Yeah, I don't know. Just put him,
1: just put them in a dumpster or a, <laughs> a truck. And give them a week, and they'll be the biggest faces in the company.
0: <laughs> just come out and put your hands up and start screaming. You'll be great.
1: Well, and then the Usos, weren't they turning face kind of after Hell in a Cell? Isn't that what kind of happened? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe everybody's just in this tweener role that the company wants to think Roman Reigns is in.
0: That's what Triple H says. There are no uh, there are no black and white areas. It's all gray. I don't know if that's true. I don't agree with it at all. I think there are yeah. different Face if you look heels. at
1: some of our matches in the elimination countdown, you'll definitely see the face heel utilization. But right, uh, what did we miss? The women's survivor tag match, Alicia Fox, sole survivor, right?
0: <laughs> I would not be shocked to be honest. I could see them pulling some random stuff because these teams are just, uh, they're weird. I don't get it. Like Nia Jax, I get because Alicia Fox and Nia Jax have their history. I feel like they were together or were teaming together or whatever. I don't know. Asuka makes sense because she's, you know, the toughest chick. Yeah,
1: I guess she'll be a survivor, yeah.
0: Yeah, Sasha Banks, she'll get pinned in like 30 seconds at this rate. And then to be determined, Mickey, Dana Brooke, and Bailey are doing a fatal, or a triple threat match, sorry, to determine the last Raw women. Man,
1: I hope that closes the show.
0: (laughs) Well, a rumor, or I guess a theory, was that the last woman on Raw would be Paige. Hmm because she's rumored to be coming back soon. I think they're in the UK on Monday night.
1: No, they're back. They oh, just do they the one week, yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't know the schedule, but they don't usually spend two weeks over there for TV.
0: Right, right. I I wouldn't think so either, but who knows? They're trying to make some money overseas.
1: Well, they, they're making a lot of fans, that's for sure, with some of their, their uh, shows this week.
0: They have, they, I think Stephanie was tweeting that they have the highest quarter ever in WWE history this past quarter, as far as money making, money making with Jinder Mahal as their freaking champion.
1: Well, then we can go into that. I guess we could go into that right now. Then why is he no longer the champion if that's their life?
0: (laughs) I don't know, man. That was kind of shocking. I, uh, I, I, the injury thing is rumored to be out there a uh, possible failed drug test, which I don't think is the case because they announce that stuff these days.
1: Well, and the injury thing, how could he work a 20-minute match with AJ Styles if he had some sort of you – injury? Know, it could be a – you know. But in the past, they've had champions heal up injuries. CM Punk was injured for like two months. They had him still hold the belt.
0: Yeah. I, I, I thought
1: it's set on getting to this India tour with him as the champion – and he even went over there last month and promoted it. And they even said on TV, he's going to be the first Indian champion to defend it in his hometown or uh, country since nobody. I, uh,
0: I don't, I don't want to see them switch the belt again.
1: That's what's kind of worrying me. Yeah.
0: Like that's, that's the WWE championship. Don't play hot potato with that. We've done that in the past. It 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 did. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did that with, yeah, Styles lost to Cena, Cena lost to Wyatt, Wyatt lost to Orton, Orton lost to Ginder. That was in, like, six months.
1: That's our solution. Just give it back to Orton.
0: <laughs> All set. Boom. The Viper. That was the
1: ratings. That was the ratings push. Orton's pursuit of the Jinder title run.
0: God, that was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Every time he, I mean, the one time I was interested was when they brought the family into it. At uh, I think that was Backlash, maybe. I don't know. But then, even then, it was just same. The ending was the exact same. The Singh brothers get involved, and Orton gets distracted and loses.
1: Yeah, that just makes AJ look like a million bucks, though. He can fight and finally fight off those evil Singh brothers.
0: When he tackled that one guy, I was like, "That is so legit!" Because he it looked real. He like drug him down like a police officer dragging down a suspect or something.
1: Well, God bless those Singhs. They they take some bumps. They're uh, they're willing to put their bodies on the line for for fans' entertainment.
0: And Randy Orton is well aware of that, and he shows you with a grimace on his face.
1: Which makes me think they would be a pretty entertaining tag team. Like, why can't they just get to that already and get in the ring and kind of show some stuff?
0: They were as the Bollywood Boys.
1: But, like, in WWE.
0: They were as the Bollywood Boys.
1: Oh, but they weren't on TV.
0: Uh, They were on 205 Live, like, one, two times, maybe. Yeah,
1: that's what I mean. Put them in the SmackDown tag title scene, you know? feud with the fashion police or something, you could have some decent matches maybe. Oh,
0: my God. That would be amazing.
1: Just trying to think of ways to utilize them outside of being J&J security Bollywood.
0: Bollywood. (laughs) Uh, I can't remember what other matches we have. Enzo and Klesha.
1: AJ AJ Brock is infinitely more exciting on paper than uh, Brock Jinder, right?
0: Oh, 100%. Because I feel like they would try and make Jinder look okay, and uh, that just shouldn't be the case. Brock should dominate. But at the same time, Brock should dominate AJ Styles based on size alone.
1: Well, I, I don't want to be insensitive either based on all the – I'm being 100% real right now – based on all the you know, true tragedies we've had in America. And they, they always throw around that you remember where, you remember who, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's safe to say for wrestling, like every fan remembers when they stumbled on the report online that said Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar being planned for Survivor Series. And you're what?
0: Right, no. <laughs> you think
1: it's a bad dream, and then you realize Jinder comes out and challenges him, and then they book that match, and you're thinking, I've heard it ripped on other podcasts. Like, what guy in a boardroom pitched that to Vince, and then who signed off on it? Like, yeah, let's do that.
0: I, I, I don't know. I, the, the feud was okay. Like, uh, what's his face? Heyman, he pumped it up enough for me, and I was like, whatever, I'll sit through it. But now, Brock Lesnar versus freaking AJ Styles. I mean, I don't know, one, if this has ever happened. I want to say...
1: I Where would it have happened?
0: New Japan. Yeah, I but He
1: wasn't in New Japan when AJ was, was he? I
0: don't think so. That's why I'm saying it probably didn't happen. Because AJ didn't go to New Japan until... Like recently, right? Recently. Yeah. After TNA um, and Lesnar obviously has been in UFC and WWE for the past 10 years or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, that's, that's a great match, but AJ's so tiny compared to Brock. Like in what reality does AJ pin Brock and get a one, two, three?
1: He doesn't, but we've had this—you and I have had this discussion before, probably on this podcast, the, in the last SummerSlam countdown. CM. Now, there's a rivalry there, but CM Punk-Brock, great match. What have the fans been clamoring for Five, three years ago? Brock versus Daniel Bryan. What do they want nowadays? Brock versus Finn Balor. There's a way to book him effectively against younger, smaller guys—younger— I guess they might be younger because he's kind of old, but uh, (laughs) there's an effective way to do that. The question becomes how motivated is Brock going to be because his last few outings, last few years, have just been kind of underwhelming for a guy that used to, you know, be intimidating in the ring and then put on some solid uh, work effort while he was in there.
0: I was going to say CM Punk sold that match so well though. Cause like he just kind of came out and he goes, yeah, I'm smaller and you're a massive beast and you're you probably are faster than me too, but you know what? I'm I'm gonna try and beat your ass. <laughs> and he gave it his best shot,
1: and it was no DQ. And there was the the heated you know reasons behind their feud, and so none of that is here. But maybe that's how we're supposed to believe AJ is the best wrestler in the world right now, and he takes Brock to the limit. I don't, we'll see. I'm it, it, way more excited for this than and having Jinder Mahal anywhere near the title picture and I I secretly hope we're not doing a flip-flop to get him the belt back for India. Have him challenge for the belt in India. Don't have him win the belt in India.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd be solid cuz I mean that's classic heel versus face heat except Jinder's the face and AJ's the heel in this scenario.
1: Yeah, and they just swap it and that's fine. It'd be like the Hart Foundation back in the day when they were good guys in Canada were yeah, like, back in the US. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so that, that, I mean, that'll probably close the show. I hope, unless they do like SmackDown versus to close it.
1: Yeah. I think whatever kind of booking direction they want to go in, they'll probably dictate that. So your quick thoughts on the men's tag match. Uh,
0: I feel like someone's going heel and I don't know who, uh, I could see, I've heard Jason Jordan could possibly go heel. He, he like hates his father and you know, screws over Kurt Angle. I could see it. I could see Strowman possibly just dominating everyone. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways this could go. Yeah. Uh,
1: it, and with Cena added, it's, I, obviously if he's being booked that late, they obviously don't have huge plans for him in the match by any means. I, when I was looking at it, when I was looking at Team Raw versus Team SmackDown before Cena was in there, I was thinking, like, geez, you guys are going to get crushed. Everybody's way bigger than you on Raw.
0: <laughs> yeah I, I could uh, see Cena being the first eliminated.
1: Well, Cena kind of helps level out the the big guy effort on on raw with Joe and and Braun and whatnot but uh yeah he kind of he's name value to get him get him on that card and get people excited but yeah is he really gonna play a big factor in this probably not.
0: I, I could see him being one of the first eliminated to be honest because I, so, I don't know I feel like he's coming back randomly. He was on raw two months ago facing Roman Reigns, and then he had this whole retirement spiel, and now he's just back in the lineup because of Twitter?
1: Well, he's a free agent, you know. Free agents can go wherever they want.
0: I hate it. I hate it. He's like
1: Colin Kaepernick. He can just, you know, go wherever he wants. He's a free agent.
0: Except people don't sign Colin What if Colin
1: Kaepernick showed up at Survivor, <laughs>
0: He's actually the fifth member on uh, <laughs> Team Raw for the women. They're just Perfect. throwing yeah, all he, the he, rules he, he out the window.
1: You look great, yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I I, think Raw will win this, and I feel like uh, Kurt Angle will win it with an angle slam on Shane McMahon.
1: And are we invoking the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens interference? Uh,
0: I, I, What's going on with them? The rumor is they were sent home because they disagreed with the creative. Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, but
1: that's... That, yeah, but if that's what that was, that's a slap on the wrist. They're not going to change their entire booking because Kevin Owens decided to walk to the back instead of going there and get beat up.
0: Yeah, it's such a weird thing to send him home for, too. I don't get it.
1: Especially when Sami Zayn and their their partnership is supposed to be one of the biggest things on SmackDown now. But
0: I love it. I think it's amazing.
1: Yeah, oh, it's made Zayn the most interesting he's been since he had the NXT Championship, probably, so...
0: And he only had that championship for like two weeks.
1: And you were there. You can say for the rest of your life, you were in the building when Zane did the impossible.
0: Oh, it was so glorious. Man, that was an amazing moment. Too bad Bobby
1: Roode isn't. It? Remember the first time I was on this podcast and I was so excited for Bobby Roode's main roster debut?
0: <laughs> and then he hasn't really done much since. Sorry. Uh-
1: He's done stuff. It just, it, when you're a face and there's no one around to hear it, did, did it make a sound, you know?
0: <laughs> he he beat up Dolph Ziggler a few times. Woohoo.
1: He's got an opportunity in that match to to show kind of how unique of a talent he can be, but I feel like where he's stuck on that, like he's the fifth most interesting guy on that SmackDown team, which is sad to say with Orton on there and Shinsuke being so downgraded. But
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess he is. Because Shane McMahon's got a good storyline. Orton and Nakamura and Cena. Yeah, and then Bobby Roode, number five.
1: Ugh. Here's that guy with the robe like Ric Flair?
0: <laughs> he does look exactly like Ric Flair every time he does that crap. And I don't mind it.
1: Yeah, you know, let's just hope by mania or shortly thereafter he's back as a heel. But uh, <laughs> all right, I think we, we tackled 2017 show pretty good. I'm sure you and one of your buddies is going to do a, a bigger recap or a bigger preview in the weeks to come. But...
0: Probably not. I have no friends.
1: Oh, well, hey, if you want, my mom would love to go to a (laughs) restaurant.
0: Oh, no. Uh, There's so many jokes there. I'm going to skip by them. All right, let's get into our top five elimination matches from the past. Uh, Start us off with your number five.
1: My number five, I'm going with the main event from 2004. It was the classic rivalry of Team Orton versus Team Triple H. Because who could forget, after Orton broke off from Evolution and was supposed to be the next big thing and the the, the new baby face of the company, he led up uh, as a team of like Jericho and Benoit Maven.
0: Remember Maven? I remember Maven. Tough enough. Maven.
1: Who didn't even make it to the start of the match because he was beat up by one of Triple H's tag partners. It was Triple H, Batista, teaming with Edge, and Gene Snitsky, who, for those of you who don't know Gene Snitsky, he was kind of like an early-stage Braun Strowman except not as big, and he beat up, what, babies?
0: He beat, He kicked a baby, a fake baby. And,
1: and his catchphrase was, it wasn't my fault.
0: Right. <laughs> because it wasn't. He got That's to make a, out with Lita, though, so he wins. He did? Yeah, one time. She kissed uh, him. All
1: right, I'm moving this match out of the top five. Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
0: no, no.
1: It, it, I, I remember at the time, it, it wasn't a match that you're going to be talking about It hasn't really been talked about forever. You're probably a little surprised I chose it, but I yeah. think that... What I like about those those matches is they put them in the main event, so you knew it was important. They had all the main guys in there from Raw when they had the original brand split. They also put a stipulation in there that they had, uh, I think Eric Bischoff went on, I re it a couple days ago, Eric Bischoff went on vacation or something. So they put every guy, the, the online of the match was control of Raw for the next four weeks, so each winner of the winning team would get a chance to control Raw and be general manager. So in that sense, it was kind of like, Okay, you know you're probably not gonna have a title change, but you are doing something to make make this storyline stand out. And although Randy Orton was the sole survivor of the match in the end, because they were still obsessed with making him a thing, you could see the shades of Batista's slow burn heel t- uh, face turn against Triple H to eventually win his world title, which back in 2005, going into WrestleMania was a huge deal to the fans. Kind of like nowadays when Roman Reigns is. Penciled it in the main event and everybody's really unhappy. This was Roman Reigns slash Randy Orton on that ascent. And then the company decided due to crowd reactions, now wait, we got this guy here that's right next to Triple H that's already way more of an interesting story to tell. The fans are behind him way more. Let's put this in there. And that kind of helped, even though he wasn't a big factor in that match, he was eliminated early. That definitely helped tell that story up to that WrestleMania, which I think is one of my favorite parts of Survivor Series when they really start a great WrestleMania story.
0: Yep, that's, uh, that like you said, very surprising you to uh, pick that one, but I understand where you went with it, so I can appreciate it. Um, and, like, the name value alone is pretty amazing. Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Randy Orton, and then Maven's the outlier there. But then Batista Edge, Triple H, and then Gene Snitsky, who is the outlier there. Uh, random that it's also only four on four.
1: Yeah, well, the rosters weren't that big back then, so maybe they just wanted to. Keep it simpler. And their shows were only two and a half hours, too, so they didn't want to... I, I, I don't I don't have a just explanation as to why. They're, they went back and forth for a long time on four-on-four on four versus five-on-five. Five. Right, right. So They just went four-on-four four that year. Who's a bigger deal, Maven in that match or Jason Jordan in this match? <laughs> uh,
0: I want to say Maven because I feel like that was after he eliminated Undertaker from uh, the Royal Rumble. Or was yep. that coming up? I can't yeah. remember.
1: No, Maven, that was like the 0-2 rumble, yeah.
0: So, like, he still had some pull because of that and him getting beat up drastically by The Undertaker. Uh, Jason Jordan, what has he done?
1: Like, he, gets booed, he gets booed by the fans.
0: Right, he threw broccoli at uh, Elias. <laughs> <laughs> Which
1: is already bad to encourage your audience to throw stale food at their talent.
0: <laughs>
1: First thing that stood out to me is you're just telling, telling your fans that they can bring stuff and throw it at the, like, if a superstar can do it, why can't an audience member?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bad precedent. I agree. Yeah.
1: All uh, right, we won't check too bad. What is, what is your number five? Uh,
0: this one I don't, might be shocking to you. I don't know. I didn't pick it for the match alone, so I'll, I'll have to explain it. But 2006, we've got the Hardys, DX, and CM Punk taking on Rated RKO, Johnny Nitro, Mike Knox, and Greg Helms. Uh, if you don't remember... The face team eliminated everyone with no eliminations. It was Hardys, DX, Punk. They eliminated all five members, and none of them were eliminated. Uh, The reason I like this match so much is because of what happened years later when CM Punk and Triple H were starting to do their feud after the summer of Punk, and CM Punk brought this match up, and he goes, you'll remember back when I was on a Survivor Series team with Triple H and Shawn Michaels and the Hardy Boys, They weren't chanting Triple H. They weren't chanting DX. They weren't chanting uh, Shawn Michaels. They were chanting CM Punk. As soon as he brought that up, I had to go back and watch it, and I was like, ah, I get it. This is kind of like the moment where the WWE proper, not the ECW uh, fake fan base because that ECW was garbage. This was the, the fan base on Raw, the WWE universe screaming CM Punk's name. And to me, that was kind of like his shining moment. Like he's over. Like they don't care about DX. They don't care about the Hardys. They're chanting for CM Punk. And ever since then he kind of skyrocketed to the moon. So I don't know, for whatever reason that, that match always kind of, uh, always stood out to me for that little story tidbit. Uh,
1: And I think it's the only survivor series match to ever have everybody in well, they, I think they claimed it at the time, but it might not be right because there's been so many old ones where the entire team survived on one side. They used to outwardly say that, like, oh, this superstar team has the record, but there was probably a match in eight because all the shows used to be full of elimination matches back in the 80s and 90s. So, so that was kind of noteworthy for that. The CM Punk chant, yeah, that was... I, I remember watching that show a few months after it came out because there was no way I was going to spend $40 on it at the time. <laughs> um, and that was very noticeable. I think that was Punk's pay-per-view debut. So they yeah. definitely they had something special. And look at that team now in, in retrospect. Triple H and Shawn Michaels were already big deals. Jeff Hardy hadn't won a world title yet and become the the superstar he was. Matt Hardy hadn't become the broken Matt Hardy that is sadly forgotten on, on Monday Night Raw these days anyways. Uh, and obviously you and I don't have to spend any more time talking about CM Punk than we already have. So in retrospect, that that superstar team in 2006 has become probably one of the best Survivor Series teams of all time in 2017.
0: Right. And another fun little tidbit was when uh, Shawn Michaels' sweet chin music to Mike Knox, and then he just kind of shrugs and is like, who – who did I just superkick? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> the like,
1: other Braun Strowman lookalike.
0: Right. I don't even know who this guy is. Like, what just happened? Why, why am I here? You know, superkick, one, two, three, no big deal. I'm HBK.
1: Wasn't uh, he dating Kelly Kelly at the time?
0: Yeah, well. Like,
1: on the screen. I yeah. know we talked about Jeremy, Jeremy Piven dating Kelly Kelly,
0: but
1: <laughs> Mike Knox was in a relationship with Kelly Kelly. On screen, she was portrayed as a kind of dumb blonde. That was kind of her character, right? So she,
0: Well, she'd go to, on ECW, and she was an exhibitionist, so she'd strip. Yep,
1: she'd strip, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then Mike Knox would cover up with a towel and be like, we don't allow that. You know, good old 2006 lovely entertainment.
1: Yeah, in this day and age, and rightfully so, the company wouldn't book something like that. So
0: No, no, they We're would
1: probably, not. Probably in a better place.
0: Yes. All right, your number four.
1: My number four. You go back to a year ago with the first Raw versus SmackDown match. Um, a lot of good things happened. I, I'm going to try to make this a little quicker than my 04 match because I don't think people care about the 2004 match that much. But uh, <laughs> it, This match was really long. It was like 55 minutes.
0: Yeah.
1: So if it wasn't 55 minutes, it would probably be higher, but... It's just tough to keep a fan's attention, not necessarily attention, but to tell a proper story and to stay relevant for almost an hour. I mean, if you're going to advertise it as an Iron Man match, advertise it as an Iron Man match. If not, find a way to do the match in at least 30, 40 minutes with all the eliminations you got. You can definitely spread it out. But uh, you had a Shield reunion before it was a real thing. Right. I think they all teamed up to put, even though they're on separate teams, they put AJ through that table. Uh, Braun Strowman's first real dominant appearance in that, uh, in that match. And I think what, uh, James Ellsworth tripped him up and held his leg and didn't let him back in the match. And then he threw him through a table.
0: Yep. Got that count out.
1: Um, why am I blanking on I mean, it? Oh, uh, Kevin Owens using Chris Jericho's list.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Somebody get disqualified. And then that got Jericho all hot and bothered. So that helped formulate that feud for WrestleMania. or at least start it. You could see the. Fans kind of knew that's where they were going, but that definitely helped accelerate that, that mindset. Um, yeah, I just watched it a week ago. you think more would be standing out to me. I was surprised that Orton and Wyatt were the last two standing, but apparently that was their way of telling that story. So,
0: Yeah. Uh, ironically, my number four is also 2016 Raw versus SmackDown. So, uh, I, I, Like you said, it was a long match, but it didn't feel like 55 minutes. Like the, the pacing was pretty well done. Uh, there were lots of surprises. I did not see (laughs) Owens getting DQ'd by using the list of Jericho. Um, I did not see, like I knew Ellsworth was going to come in play at some point, but they, they hit it so well to where I wasn't ready for Mm -hmm. that to happen that way. So that was amazing.
1: It was great. I my friends who I was watching it with, who hate James Ellsworth, they were so happy to see him stop Braun because they knew Braun would just kick the ever loving crap out of him afterwards. So
0: right, um, <laughs> that that this was also the match with uh, Roman Reigns spearing Shane McMahon after oh, yep. Forgot the coast that. to coast. Yeah, um, and Shane McMahon was not pinned. <laughs> they just ruled yeah. that he needs to get out of the Marine because he's knocked out. Yeah,
1: he puts his shoulder up. He blatantly. Kicks out. Right. If you watch the tape. The <laughs> other funny story of that is Randy Orton actually slips by ringside to tell his kids something like, don't worry, dad's going to be okay. You have to like really look closely for it. But so- someone story- put
0: that on uh, social media. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He immediately goes, is like, don't worry. This is like the fifth worst thing your dad's ever had to deal with in the ring. He'll be fine. <laughs> uh,
0: and if you look at it, like, there weren't that many legitimate eliminations. And I, I don't feel like. That was a bad thing in this case, like uh, Ambrose was eliminated uh, one two three, Jericho was eliminated one two three, uh, let's see, AJ was as well, but then there was like three count-outs or disqualifications. <laughs> so well, with
1: ten, with ten guys, and that's they've always announced that as the rules of the match. So with ten guys, it's nice, especially when you want to protect people. Those are built-in ways to protect them, AKA how Braun will get eliminated again this year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel like he always got to win it because there's no way you can have him like, well, range did pin him one, two, three. <sighs> never forget. Brock
1: did. Brock did too.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. The
1: that's only right. two important people in the company, Brock, right. Lesnar, Ryan. Right.
0: All right. So that was my number four as well. So what's your number three?
1: Uh, number three, I just rewatched it last night to confirm. And it is a, a long match as well. Not as long, thankfully, but, um, I just think they did a lot of stuff that really, even as an adult, made you really kind of buy into it. That's the 2014 Team Cena versus Team Authority match. Um, or it was John Cena, Dolph Ziggler, Ryback, Big Show, and Eric Rowan.
0: R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Bludgeon, bludgeon yeah. Brothers, yeah, my bad. Uh,
1: versus the other Bludgeon Brother, because Luke Harper was, of course, the captain of Team Authority. No, it was Seth Rollins. <laughs> Seth Rollins, Corporate Kane. I was watching this match last night. Why can't we have corporate Kane back instead of real Kane? Corporate Kane coming out in his suit pants with no shirt on was at least entertaining in a, in a socially awkward way right. as opposed to Kane trying to be the same Kane from 20 years ago. So it was Rollins, Kane, Harper, uh, <laughs> Mark Henry. Mark mm-hmm. Henry got eliminated in five seconds. And mm-hmm. uh, Rusev. Rusev back when he was undefeated, I believe. Yep. Uh, Which anytime I get to see Lana walk out to the room, that's, you know, that's okay with me. Although (laughs) I've never been a huge Rusev guy. But so that match, uh, you had a storyline. Was the authority going to have power taken away? Was Team Cena going to be fired? And uh, at one point, Big Show turns for the 8,000th time and punches Cena in the face and he gets eliminated. So it's left to a beat up Ziggler, who if you want to see a clinic on why Dolph Ziggler is as popular of a wrestler as he is and as great a ring worker you watch that match because he sells so many moves and then is left as a three-on-one against Rollins, Harper, and Kane and then does the slow elimination of the other two before Triple H interferes. All hell breaks loose and then all WCW breaks loose when Sting makes his WWE debut, I've never been a big WCW guy, but I understand the allure of Sting and seeing him on TV and WWE is a big deal. I feel like they could have done it a little better as a surprise as far as just lights come on and it's Sting instead of, I think they had a video panning and it was like his face in the background, the Jigsaw character looking Sting just waiting to come out and then uh, came out, did the one move on Triple H and then put Ziggler on Rollins. So that, that can be your other knock on that match is they put Ziggler and Rollins basically unconscious on the mat for about five minutes while all <laughs> this stuff went on. And with wrestling, you got to suspend your disbelief. But sure enough, Ziggler gets the win in the end, the sole survivor for Team Cena. And, and then my one knock after watching that match because it's very dramatic, back and forth, get, gets you kind of roped in. How did they miss the boat on making Dolph Ziggler a legit thing after that match?
0: It was awful. Like, the the injustice of not doing anything with Ziggler after that is amazing. Like, he could have easily been a legitimate contender for the title a number of times after that, and they just didn't do it. They never pulled the trigger. I don't know. I,
1: I know they're, they've never been in love with the smaller guys, but it, if you go back and watch all of his work in that match, it shows he is one of the best in the world, at what he does not to take other catchphrases but uh and it's just the crowd is so behind him and so excited to see that he actually pulled out even and i in the sting situation like oh yeah oh ziggler's still in this match oh yeah no he pinned him okay it it was even as an adult male wrestling fan i was still able to get caught up in the story they were giving us which for the most part we kind of You know, make fun of them for in this day and age and how bad they are at storytelling or how they go off the rails on it. But for that one match, I think they scripted together exactly what old school and new school fans probably wanted to see.
0: Right. Uh, ironically, and I can take the picture of my list and send it to you. My number three is also Team Cena versus Team Authority.
1: Uh, Uh, You should
0: first then. Jeez, sorry. No, I mean, it's fine. We might have the same list. I don't know. I imagine we've got the same number one, but we'll get there. Uh, my two big knocks were similar to yours. Uh, Ziggler and Rollins just literally sitting on the mat for that long was kind yeah. of insane. Ziggler um, you
1: kind of get because he'd taken a ton of moves throughout the match. So you can make like fatigue on Ziggler. You get it. Rollins took like a zigzag and right. he was out fighting like he sold the zigzag better than anybody has ever sold the zigzag.
0: That's uh, <laughs> that's not even his finisher anymore. <laughs> Like, the zigzag is just a move he does. Uh, the other big knock I had was when Sting puts uh, Triple H in position for the slop drop or whatever it's called, the scorpion death drop. They call bang. it something else every time. Um, it, it, he just kept him in that hold forever, and I was like, you punched him once. Like, do it quick, man. Be like, bang, bang, done. No, I'm going to hold him here for 20 seconds and then drop him. I don't know. It seemed a little bit overdramatic, but... Uh, like you said, the storyline for this was amazing. Rusev was undefeated, as you said, and he actually was eliminated because he went through the announce table himself. Um, so he, d- he didn't get pinned or anything like that. Yep. Uh, the big show thing, like you said, didn't that one, I actually didn't see coming. And I guess I should have, uh, cause it's the big show and you never know when he's going to turn, but, uh, that, that was entertaining for me. And then, like you said, Ziggler putting on a show at the very end there going through three eliminations and still surviving. And then WWE dropped the ball and didn't do anything with him. Shocker.
1: But yeah. yeah, they they had that opportunity and I guess they've had that opportunity a lot. I just, I feel like he should go to ring of honor or something. Go elevate your status somewhere else for a few years. Just get away from WWE for a little bit and then make your product that much more exciting. But to know if he'll ever do that
0: Yeah, I mean he could be like Cody Rhodes he could be like uh Juice Robinson in New Japan who used to be uh that earth guy in NXT I can't even remember who he was in
1: the I, NXT. I, honestly I, I I would never compare him to this guy as far as a career and how his career will end up but pull a Chris Jericho take a year off do some other things come back and just see what happens see like you're a talented performer you're a talented talker Maybe the company and the fans will really realize that when you come back after a hiatus.
0: Right. I mean, it's worked for Jericho countless times. Countless times. I don't know how many times he's left and come back, but every single time he does, the people are excited. So.
1: Yeah, especially when he goes to Japan and fights Kenny Omega.
0: God, I'm so excited for that. I'm kind of not because Chris Jericho's old and I feel like he's been losing a step, but like just the name value alone is amazing. Chris Jericho...
1: When I watched the segment, I thought it was funny how they still tried to do the countdown.
0: Yeah, but they couldn't but it, rip it so off completely.
1: It was, it was just numbers flashing in like the woods or something.
0: And they started with five; they didn't even go to ten. Well, um, his
1: yeah. new one kind of starts with five.
0: Does it? Okay.
1: Yeah, you know he was doing ten like back when he was debuting.
0: Well, he's got to do the ten when he's debuting in New Japan. And, well, re-debuting. I don't know in new Japan.
1: if he goes to ten. I think we have a built-in WrestleMania feud with Ty Dillinger, so.
0: Who's apparently also rumored to be going heel soon. Dun, dun, dun. Perfect.
1: Right. We got ourselves a kickoff show.
0: <laughs> no, they saved that for the real wrestlers, remember? Uh, wait, Ty Dillinger and Jericho are both great in the ring. Whatever. Uh, okay. You're number two.
1: I don't know. Do you want to go first so you can start talking about some of these first?
0: Nope, nope. I feel like our number twos might be different. I, uh, I
1: mean, all right. We'll um, I'm going with 2003. I go Son back and forth. Son of
0: a gun!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Team have the Same first- list. Team Brock versus Team Angle. Oh,
0: whoa, okay.
1: No, no, no! that's a swerve. Oh, damn it. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's me playing the wrong theme music, getting the crowd hyped, and then stop it. That's, <laughs> that's playing no. CM Punk's right,
0: music so we have in the Chicago. same number,
1: too. Team Bischoff versus Team Stone Cold. Go ahead. You take the floor. All
0: right, so Team Austin, Team Bischoff. Uh, team Austin was HBK, RVD, Booker T, and the Dudley Boys. Team Bischoff, Y2J, Randy Orton, Christian, Scott Steiner, and Mark Henry. Uh, this one for me was strictly the story alone. Uh, if Austin lost, then supposedly he's going to be gone from WWE. And I, I can't remember. Was this for control of like the GM spot? I'm not. No,
1: it was, it was Austin's job.
0: It was Austin's job online. Right. Okay.
1: Oh, wait, oh, wait. It was Austin's job. Austin would either be fired or he would get to beat up the superstars. They were like, he. it was a big deal how he couldn't stun or attack the bad guys.
0: Unless provoked
1: unless provoked. So the rule, if team Austin won, he could do whatever he could be the old stone cold.
0: Right. Um, so I loved the fact that one, it was in Texas. So there's a lot of pull there because obviously stone colds from Texas, HBKs from Texas, Booker T's from Texas, a lot of people in Texas here. So the crowd was hot for anyone who was from the state and just the, the emotions at the end, man, that's what got me. like, as you said, grown up adult here, well, 2003, I wasn't totally grown up, but, uh, I was a teenager. And the fact that stone cold Steve Austin could, you know, not potentially be there anymore. And the stone cold that I grew up liking, uh, was emotional. Like, Holy crap, we could be losing the stone cold that we once knew and loved. And at the end when him and HBK kind of embrace and HBK apologizes 42 times for letting him down, like, uh, I, I, I got, it got to me. (laughs)
1: HBK says, I'm sorry. I love you.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's almost as if he's kicking uh, Ric Flair. <laughs> uh, and then Bischoff just being the this, this swarmy son of a gun that he is. And I believe Austin stunned him and drank some beer over him just to end the show. But uh, actually, I don't know if that ended the show. It didn't. No, it's it Goldberg show. and Triple H. That's right. Um, it wasn't even close to ending the show. There was a Mr. McMahon and Taker match, too.
1: Buried alive, yeah. Yeah. But, McMahon's life takes priority.
0: Well, he did face God once, uh, and win. God once, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, it was just you know the emotions are the what got to me here. The match itself was fine. The wrestling was pretty good, but uh, the emotion and the story was what sold me there.
1: Yeah, the, I think you're underselling the match a little bit. Uh, you had a lot of talented performers and sure. it, it, up and coming in a sense, well, maybe not up and coming, but just guys that you wanted to see in meaningful matches like this, and Orton, it was started start of Randy Orton's uh, you know, great run through Survivor Series matches, what, he's been sole survivor in like six of them now?
0: Yeah, a ridiculous amount.
1: That 06 match is like the only match he's sucked in, so he wants to forget about that, <laughs> but we just talked about the Ziggler performance and overcoming the odds in 2014. That's basically what Shawn Michaels did in 20 in 2003 in this match. He was down three-on-one to Christian, Jericho, and Orton, and then went through them with super kicks, and the fans were into it, and they just told a great... And it was only 25 minutes, too. It's funny how you can do a five-on-five five elimination match in 25 minutes. Props to them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, They had the drama there, but then Batista, I think, interferes, and... Set up a random batista Shawn Michaels feud before Batista was even close to being the animal. Uh, But it kind of helped him push that Randy Orton rocket the year before and make him a big deal. Uh, So all-around great match, and I agree with you on the moment. Uh, The one thing that's kind of upsetting about it, they had a great opportunity, kind of like The Undertaker here with WrestleMania, where he left his clothes in the ring and left, or his hat and his jacket. I think Stone Cold, like, leaves a beer can or two in the middle of the ring and walks off. Now, you never not have to not have Stone Cold come back. He should always come back every once in a while. But I think they made a huge mistake in bringing him back, like, six weeks later to be the sheriff or something when he rode around in an ATV. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of keeping him off TV for several months to sell it, now he's done. He's just going to pop in and out and stun people. They brought him back and immediately killed off the the uniqueness and the, the the awesome value of just having him leave a beer can in the center of the ring in Texas like that. Um, but we can't judge the match like that. We can only really judge the post match angle, which a lot of times Survivor Series usually screw those up. So
0: <laughs>
1: very very worthy of a number two. This is uh, sounding like SummerSlam where we're gonna we're gonna have the same number one here. So. Uh,
0: I almost guarantee it, unless you really swerve me here, that we're going to have the same number one. Cause... Well,
1: it would make sense that our number one comes from the year 2001.
0: Yep. So. Yep.
1: Uh, yep, the Alliance, first team, WWF.
0: Uh, I, what can you say about this one? First of all, the promotion. Uh, Limp Biscuit, My Way. Not My Way. Was it My Way? Shoot, no, the, miss out. The,
1: theme, the theme song to this one was, I remember this, this was Puddle of Mud. Control, yeah, look it up because I remember I bought that CD not because of the show. It was like one of the hit rock songs of the summer. Was puddle of mud? I can't control you. You can't
0: control me. I something something. I'm playing it now in my ears.
1: I just sang it for you. Why would you need? (laughs) I gotta. I just I just gave you a beautiful serenade.
0: Oh, you're so right too, my
1: listeners. Don't mess with my WWE trivia, man. It's it's deep. It's scary deep.
0: What was the My Way? Oh, that might have been Austin and Rock.
1: Yeah, that was WrestleMania 17.
0: Oh, Austin. What are you doing, man? Anyway, that was a good song, too. <laughs> the promotion for it was amazing. Uh, and back when the Alliance and WWE were having a fake feud, because apparently Vince owned both companies, or all the companies at the time, Dumb little, you know, 10-year-old, 11-year-old Austin didn't know that. So he's thinking, oh, my God, what if the Alliance wins? They've got freaking Stone Cold. So I was pretty hot about that the whole time. Uh, the Rock came back as, like, the avenging dude after going through the Scorpion. I think he was doing Scorpion King at the time. I remember it was a big deal. Yeah, he
1: come back. He was back a few months before that. Yeah, he came back at, like, SummerSlam. Because yeah. he had WCW belt, or he had – yeah, he was on Team WF and had the WCW belt. Too many right. Ws. And then Austin was on Team Alliance WCW with the WWF belt.
0: Right, right. Um, but, like, The Rock coming back and potentially going to the Alliance broke my little heart at the time. Like, the idea was just amazing. Like, no, you can't do that. You're The Rock. you got to be WWE. anyways, and, you know, he ended up winning the whole thing. But yeah,
1: Don't disrespect your grandfather.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, but, like, the lineup... Rock, Jericho, Undertaker, Kane, Big Show versus Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, Booker T, Shane O'Mac, and RVD. How many times has Shane O'Mac been in an elimination match? Jiminy Crickets. Um,
1: Shane, uh, Shane sells seats. Hey, you went to a wrestling show that was main evented by Shane McMahon. So, yeah, uh,
0: And I don't regret a bit of it. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, now,
1: that's getting a little out of control how he's in all these matches at 47. But, I mean, this was Shane McMahon and what? 35
0: 34 so yeah i mean he was he was a, no he was young as hell
1: well and honestly in this match they played his role to a t he was literally out there to interfere and stop every three count from taking place he jumps in and always breaks up every pinfall
0: right he was the little mosquito that just won't go away from yeah, team Yeah, before
1: he finally took like four finishing moves and out. so they actually booked him perfectly for what he was supposed it made sense why he was on the team and then they took him out early to make sure he wasn't a serious factor in anything.
0: And I loved the double turn. uh, Well, I guess, so to speak, double turn when uh, Kurt Angle screws up. Well, no, Chris Jericho first screws over team WWF and then Kurt Angle, the, the, the hero, so to speak. um, He, he screws over the Alliance and then tries to come back to WWF and prove that, you know, He's the good guy in all of it. And he's still a heel when he comes back. Like the story was perfect after that. I loved it.
1: Yeah. And they, I had a feeling, even though it was very weird in it's execution, they kind of knew that's how it was going to go.
0: Oh, I had no idea.
1: I was no, it, like, they knew, they knew even if they turned Kurt face again, which I'm sure was the plan. Cause he was only on the Alliance for like two weeks. <laughs> right. Um, they came out the next night on raw and Vince is giving Kurt the belt, or he's going to, and they're doing all this. Kurt, you're an amazing American. And, well, they're like buying into all the BS that fans want to boo. Because I, I think they knew, like, fans wanted to cheer Stone Cold. They didn't want to boo Stone Cold. They, they had realized by that point that the heel Stone Cold was not going to work out. But
0: That and uh, Ric Flair came back the night after. Uh, I think she, it was the night after.
1: Yeah, it was. He In that promo. Yeah. He was about to give he, Vince like, I was the sole owner. I'm going to give you the title and then... Sure. Two
0: thousand one hit. Two thousand one hit in two thousand one. <laughs> Shocking! Shocking how that happens every single time.
1: They planned, They wanted to bring him back in ninety nine. Like yeah, let's let's wait till two thousand and one.
0: I mean, the storylines after that were amazing. You had Kurt Angle as the bad guy, even though he saved the WWF. You had Stone Cold coming back as like the he- good heel, like the I don't even know what you call it. The Watt's Stone Cold. Yeah. Uh, obviously, The Rock was still The Rock. Uh, and then Triple H came back not, a few, not too much longer, 2002, January. Um, there was just such a good time in wrestling, and I miss it. And it's so hard to not pick anything else other than that at number one.
1: Yeah, you had you had all those guys basically in their prime. I mean, Undertaker, maybe a little older, and it's the biker Undertaker, somebody really... Cares. But back then, he and Kane was still a pretty, you know, impressive and intimidating force. Big Show was not completely a joke. Um, and, yeah, you really had Chris Jericho taking off. That was, in all the years... What do you say? Do you like him better as a face or a heel?
0: Uh, probably heel.
1: Yeah, and it, in all official terms he would feud back and forth with the rock but that show was his first official heel turn in the wwf wwe so that really skyrocketed his character to new heights that put him in the Shawn michaels feud that made him the king of the world and all these obnoxious things that we now love jericho for that that was his first platform to do that uh the rock was kind of in between but obviously you, you make him uh in between you know going from movies to to being a full-time guy but you obviously make him the focal point of the match since he's still a big part of what the company hoped was going to be their future. I think it's interesting with Stone Cold too. This is kind of the end of unofficial end of an era for Stone Cold 2 years earlier than the match that was supposed to <laughs> end his career in WWF, but uh he kind of, after that, he kind of does the what thing and does a couple random feuds, and then he walks out, and then he comes back and does another match with The Rock, and then he retires. So I always kind of look that this is the unofficial kind of ending of this, this stone cold top of the stone-cold top-of-the-card era, because he really does not routinely stay up there after this match. So
0: yeah, I was a, gonna lot,
1: say. a lot of interesting things woven in and out of this, but at the same time, you had to do something to end this invasion angle that had so much hope and so much promise. And every fan will tell you that it could have been booked way better, and maybe there was a way to book this match a little better too. But at least it gave fans an entertaining, hour-long drama. This one didn't go an hour. It went like 45 minutes. But it gave gave fans a great way to put a bow on an otherwise subpar angle for the company that they thought was going to make a ton of money but they gave us an exciting match that fans are still talking about to this day. I think many would say is easily one of the best elimination matches ever, ever put on, put
0: on TV. Right. And like you said, after this, Chris Jericho goes towards undisputed title. Chris Jericho, first ever undisputed champ. Um, the rock. I can't remember what the rock did in 2002. Like he, like, feuded that, with Hogan. that was Hogan, right. Stone cold feuded with, uh, Scott Hall, uh, uh, Kurt Angle, what did what did he do?
1: He wrestled Kane at WrestleMania, so he's got that going for him. Yeah.
0: Right. They
1: they knew with Kurt though, Kurt had already been champion. He was champion the year before. He beat Austin, he Austin for the belt, so he'd been champion. They could kind of put Kurt on the on the second tier level for a little bit because he was going to come back in main event with Brock, and it, it wasn't bad to see Kurt kind of drop down a, a little bit. He didn't need to be the the focal point of the show at that point. It was good that Jericho got that chance to be you know, a main eventer and the top heel in the company.
0: Right. And then you get Taker and Flair in that, at that next Mania X8. Um, and then RVD, I believe, got the Intercontinental title at Mania over mm-hmm. someone. So, I mean, like, everyone was in a good spot. I don't remember what Booker T did. RVD,
1: the following month after that, RVD fought Undertaker. Oh, at yeah. Mania. So, yeah. they were still riding high on him. At, you know, we do going talk about Dolph Ziggler being – not booked properly and RVD, uh, you know, he wasn't really the hero of that match, but we all know he was probably the MVP of the entire invasion storyline. He, he went from nothing to everything real quick.
0: Right. So, I mean, the, they, they did what they needed to do with the story and the, like the meaningfulness of it for a little 12 year old wrestling fan cannot be understated enough. I mean, like the idea, if this were to happen in today, Today's day and age, like let's say Raw and SmackDown, the 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 fight is for control of WWE or something like that. Like little kids are gonna love that idea. So um, I I just love the the angle of it. I love the promo, which was not my way by Limp biscuit It was completely uh, Drowning Pool. <laughs> my bad, no, I not remember no. that.
1: Uh, Puddle of Mud.
0: Oh my gosh, I suck <laughs> at this. Uh.
1: Well, to their defense, your your defense, they had about. Five or six bands, that they just kind of rotated what it was like, puddle of mud, nickelback, <laughs> saliva, saliva Lip was a big one. Shit. Yeah, any like early 2000s grunge rock band, like, oh, yeah, this is good. Let's we got a pay per view coming up. Let's let's make this a theme song. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and now they kind of do that with like little punk bands, like all the NXT punk music punk is all punk.
1: And Flow Flowrider, yeah, if I hear one more Flow Rider WWE theme song I'm- and Pitbull. Gonna, gonna find something else to spend my time on. Gonna find somewhere else to take my mom. (laughs)
0: That's a good way to end this. Uh
1: (laughs) For the two people that have made it this far.
0: Oh my god. Uh, Okay, so (laughs) that's our top five elimination matches uh, in history uh survivor series this year is coming up uh sunday november 19th i think it is that's right it's
1: my birthday oh
0: happy birthday how old will you be
1: gift to me it's usually they always brand it as thanksgiving week so survivor series always falls on like my birthday week no matter what so it's always i always get a little more excited about it than i probably should
0: i know that's great i mean if my birthday were falling on a wwe pay-per-view i would lose my mind it, it doesn't. My birthday Unless it was like on...
1: battleground or something. Right.
0: My birthday falls on a Monday, so I'll probably spend it working. Still.
1: When, when is your birthday?
0: Uh, three days.
1: Oh, so you're a November birthday too.
0: Fantastic. We are we are Scorpio brothers.
1: Wow. Maybe that maybe that's like a November wrestling. Chris Jericho's birthday I think uh, just happened or is happening. So CM Punk's was two weeks ago. Maybe this is this is how it goes.
0: This is how, this is when wrestling fans and wrestler performers. That's not what I wanted. When wrestlers themselves are born.
1: Yeah. All wrestling fans and great wrestlers were Valentine's babies.
0: (laughs) I was going to bring that up. Like you've done the math, right? You know what happened.
1: (laughs) That's that's the built-in (laughs) storyline.
0: Who needs to write it when it writes itself? Um, So happy early birthday to you. Can't wait for Survivor Series. Um, It comes up November 19th.
1: NXT War Games, too.
0: Wait a second. I just realized you have the same birthday as, drum roll please, my mother.
1: Oh, I was going to say Meg Ryan and Jodie Foster, I know. Mama Bruner. And Mama Bruner. Well, okay. You can shop for both of us then.
0: (laughs) I'll I'll get her a WWE title I'll (laughs) I'll get you some nice socks.
1: Give me the old Divas Butterfly title. That'd be great.
0: I would not ever know. Just yeah, curious. I get
1: that for Spencer. Okay. Spencer Black would love the Butterfly. If I him.
0: were to put that on his desk, I would love to see his reaction when he walks in. That'd be amazing. Get him
1: the kitty one that they sell at Walmart.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to do this. This is going to happen. I will post it on the Geekiverse, too. Um, those are, I'm trying to wrap this up, and I'm struggling so hard. Uh, those are our top five elimination matches. Survivor Series 2017 is November 19th. We will have a review written up. Uh, I'll put it up somewhere hopefully cause I need to start doing that more often. And I've just been slacking cause life happens. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It's well, the snow's falling. So we're all kind of getting seasonally depressed here in Michigan.
0: Snow is falling. I watched a dog for a week and the thing pooped on my floor and it was just a stressful week. So I didn't do anything. Geekiverse. Like uh, no, no shame in admitting a dog pooped <laughs> on my floor and it You're ruined. Babysitting. My I'm
1: kidding. Oh man. Jinder Mahal loses the belt and the dog poops on your floor. What a week.
0: Life is crazy, man. I'm losing it. Freak out. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, we will have stuff on the Geekiverse. Harrison, where can people find you on the social medias?
1: Good old at Harrison Beebe. Hopefully that Twitter handle never changes.
0: Hopefully there's not a more popular Harrison Beebe who offers you money to take that account off your hands.
1: Yeah, That can happen too. I'm fine with that.
0: How much money would it take for you to give up your Twitter handle?
1: The million – we were talking about belts. Give me the million-dollar championship belt. I'll I'll give Ted DiBiase my handle.
0: So like $200 because that's probably how much it costs to buy that replica belt?
1: Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> we can haggle. We can negotiate.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, there's always a price. Uh, I think that's his catch line, isn't it? Everyone's got a price? Everyone has a price, there yeah. That was close enough. Whatever. You're the you're the historian, not me.
1: Just Just go listen to your Puddle of Mud CD and just live life.
0: I'm going to go listen to Puddle of Mud. Uh, be sure to follow the Geekiverse on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search Geekiverse. It'll pop up. Uh, be sure to go to the Patreon page. We have one of those things now. We're pretending to be legitimate. Go to that. It's on the thegeekiverse.com. Buy our shirts. We have weekly shirts with fantastic. Buy them. It helps uh, cystic fibrosis uh, research. It's cool. It's a good cause. Go buy them. They're dope shirts. Uh, Harrison, thanks for joining me, man.
1: Thank you, Austin. We'll see you next month for our Night of Champions top five countdown.
0: Is is that what the next pay per view is? I
1: it, think it is because they moved TLC to October. I think they have Night of Cham- or Clash of Champions, oh, whatever. Oh
0: my god! We should.
1: In I make that joke. We should do, and I think the Geekiverse can plan for a top five Royal Rumble countdown.
0: We can do that. Let's do yeah. top five Royal Rumble. We I might have different lists. We might. We actually might. Okay. We'll see you, man.